in the 1950s, there was a man who was so remarkable that his name was known by almost every single American man, woman, child, boy, daughter. His name was synonymous with giving, with philanthropy, with greatness. And his name was Dr. Tom Dooley. And to summarize very quickly what this man did in his short 34 years of life was he became a doctor and immediately he knew that his purpose was always greater. And so during the 1950s, he organized a company called Medico Inc. that went to Southeast Asia and third world countries and provided medical care to these individuals, these communities that had never experienced first world medicine. And the goal of Medico was to be able to establish hospitals that would be self-sustaining so that after the Western medicine and the Western doctors had left, the people in those regions would still reap all of the benefits of that medicine because the doctors, Dr. Tom Dooley, had taught the native people how to administer health. Now, that is his accomplishments in his life story summarized incredibly quickly. But the story of Tom Dooley is absolutely remarkable for a handful of reasons. And one of the stories in particular really stands out to me. Dr. Tom Dooley established his initial claim, his initial hospital, in a small village called Muang Thai. And I'm going to say that incorrectly, so I apologize. But this was a small village in northwest Laos, Laos. I don't know how to pronounce that either. But you've got to understand that during the 1950s, moving into the 1960s, there's increasing scare between uh, Laos and its neighboring China because China is growing increasingly hostile with its communist rule. And ultimately, in Tom Dooley's final months in Laos, you see that Chinese communist forces have stepped into the country and are quite literally performing works of absolute barbarity that would make your stomach hurt. Like hearing what these soldiers did, these communist soldiers did to these helpless Laos people is some of the most disgusting, vile, putrid. I I don't even know how quite to describe it, but it is heart-wrenching to hear what these people were put through. And Tom Dooley, Dr. Tom Dooley, becomes a target of the communist regime. And so that's a different story in and of itself. But the story I would share here is very simple. In Laos, there's a season called Naom Phan. And again, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I'm sorry. But Naom Phan is two things. It's the monsoon season in Southeast Asia, meaning it's heavy heavy rains. And at the very end of this, after I'm done talking, I'm actually going to read three paragraphs from this book as kind of an addendum piece that you can hear if you want to understand a firsthand account of what Tom Dooley lived through for this season. But think about it. It is the rainiest season, raining every single day for hours on end. And this man is living in a third world country and a home basically made out of mud and thatched roof, and um, I want to say maybe it was bamboo slats that they had used. 
But, you know, it's basically a house where bugs live in the walls. And so during the monsoon season, when it's raining sideways, dumping buckets, these people in this town, what is it that they're doing? They're praying. Literally, when it's raining harder than it's ever rained, by the way, this is also the cold season. With all of the elements, everything coming down on them, God literally raining on them. These people in this circumstance, in this trial, when they're being challenged, when literally you're forced to stay inside because of how hard the rain is for hours every day, these people are praying for it to rain harder. And why is that? Because the monsoon and the rain fed their crops and their crops were rice. And that's a different story in and of itself, which is absolutely incredible. But you see that in the worst of conditions, in the most trying of times, the people are praying for more. Not because they love the cold, not because they love the the rain and always being wet and always being soaked. No, because they know that with the rains comes the spring. The rains lead to the harvest. Without the rain, there is no harvest. And how many times in our own lives, how many times in my own life, am I looking at the rain and I'm in the midst of the storm and the one thing I'm praying for is for it to go away versus embracing it and saying that, you know, the challenge that this is presenting actually leads to my harvest. And I might not like that I'm in the rain, but I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to take it for what it is and just say that my life will be better because of this. And it might not feel like that right now, but I'm going to pray for more rain because I know that my harvest will increase. So that really is the message or one of the many messages that You know, you pull from the book and it's absolutely remarkable. Dr. Tom Dooley, 34 years. In his 34 years, he accomplished more than most men accomplish in 10 lifetimes. Naom Phone, The Season of the Rains and Monsoons. Back at my University of Notre Dame, this was the season of lilacs. Here, it was a time of crashing violence and tropical thunderstorms, of gray, dark, and murky days. The tropical night no longer whispered, but roared with the torrent of monsoon rain. The rains lashed the high valley, whipped the palms and the fragapini, and they flooded the earth. Clouds piled high, and downpours crashed all day and night. The magnificent sun rose unseen. Steamy breaks of blue weather came, but with it came bugs and rotted mud and foggy sash of sunset. This was the season of Naom Phone, when the whole earth was sodden. In the breath of the night storm, my black bats, the black bats tumbled and darted, The huge insects brushed and flapped and fluttered about. It was the season when, more than ever, God was everywhere. We saw him in the mountains. We saw him in the air, in the midst, 
and in the morning fog. We heard him in the monsoon rain and on the thatched roof. We saw him outstretching his arms in the lightning and in the thunder of Naom Fong. We saw his hand of life in the wind. Even during the rains, the village days went on imperturbably with the same rhythm. The villagers prayed to the gods for more rain, to the Lord of Thunder and the goddess of lightning. They threw firecrackers up into the air to chase away the evil spirits. They wanted the rain and the wind. Their rice hungered and yearned for it, because without it, the rice would die.